Welcome back to Fill Me In, the podcast devoted to covering the 70-game stretch run in the hunt for Red October for your 2022 Philadelphia Phillies. My name is Mitch, a.k.a. Mitty, and I'm ready to bust a slump. My name is Gordon, and I'm a supporter of the Phillies of Philadelphia. And my name's Andrew, and I'm just happy to be here. And I'm a Yankees fan. Uh, two quick things. Gord, huh. you couldn't sound any like any more of a uh, soccer fan, calling okay. yourself a supporter. That was very uh, football of you. Come on, you Phillies. And... Back the Reds. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch, is bust a slump? Is that like a dance move? <laughs> we'll go with dance move. I think that's a better choice. I would love to see you die in it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute mad lad. All right. (laughs) This is this this is a little fill me in after dark here. We're recording late. We're back in from the All Star break. We got to find our groove again. We do, but listen to this. I am so okay. Well, the Phillies didn't play today, and they don't play today, and. That always makes for a bad day for me. But what I'm so jazzed about is that we are past that horrible, horrible day in the middle of the summer where there's absolutely no baseball games. And we're past that. We have all the baseball in the world ahead of us. So we don't have to, you know, that's always hanging over your head from, you know, really from spring training report on. No doubt. Is that day when there's like during the all-star break where there's going to be no games. And it's the... It's the only day in the calendar year, uh, two days, I think, in the calendar year that none of the four major sports are being played. Yeah, these these first, like, 92 games, just really, I haven't been able to focus the whole time because these <laughs> last 70, I've been so worried about these couple days off, I just haven't been able to even pay attention. But these last 70, I'm ready to really dig my, you know, dig in on these and pay attention now. Well, hopefully from your mouth to uh, Robbie Thompson's ears. My I God. like that. He's probably got big ears. I never really looked at him very close. <laughs> <laughs> That's a safe I'll, bet, I think. I'll look while we keep kind of rolling here. I'll tell you if he's got big ears. Check his BMI while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a must for the podcast. Robbie uh, Thompson, well... ear length. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. You're doing something important, so... <laughs> So we don't need to. No, no one really needs to know what this podcast is about. You just, you just make sure you tell us what you're googling. I have differing reports. I got differing reports. <laughs> how is there, wait, how is there more than one report on the length of Rob Thompson's ears? I'm looking. Well, there is. They have certifiably grown. I'm looking at a profile of his face. From his time with the Yankees, and they are positively average. They are absolutely just the size they should be for the size of his head. But now I'm looking at this shot of him straight on in a Phillies hat, and they are they're larger, categorically well, larger. Don't the ears never stop growing? Yeah, even post uh, posthumously right. as well, they keep on going. That can't be true. That last part. Whatever, man. Whatever. I'm not a doctor. Neither are you, so. <laughs> yes, I guess we can't know for sure. We'll never know. If only one of us had been to med school. Anyway, if if you haven't picked up on it, Fill Me In is a podcast where two Phillies fans fill in a Yankees fan on what's going on with the Phillies. Uh, you know the deal by now, most of you, so there might be nothing else to do but to take it to Gordon's favorite uh, segment. Beep, 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 beep. The big reveal. Well, I feel like we almost don't even introduce this, but me and Mitch both have a big idea. It's going to represent the uh, swath of games behind us, or in this case, the all-star break, so to speak, in the couple of games before that. Uh, We're going to share our big reveals, our big ideas with Andrew in this segment, just to let him know, to fill him in on what's been going on. So, Mitty, why don't we go back to the old days and have you lead us off here with your big reveal first? Sure, why not? Uh, You guys know that all across the world, there are different climates, 
different areas, you know. Stop laughing. I wasn't a different. doctor, so it's I. You can't assume I know that. You got there your tundras. Are, <laughs> yep, you do. You do. There are different areas, and each of those different areas in our world house different types of animals. So, mm. you guys may not have known this, or you might doesn't doesn't really matter. But there have been for years now monkeys living in Miami, <laughs> just running rampant in Miami. What? And they have, <laughs> and they have in recent years <laughs> attached themselves firmly to the Phillies' backs. Ah, uh, should have seen that one coming. Yeah, which makes and, for a good reveal. That's right. True. Good. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, that's. I'm pretty much automatic with these. <laughs> so, the Phillies have been living with the monkey on their back when they go down to Miami to play the Marlins. It has been bad. It has been putrid. Even since the team has started to get better, the Phillies have started to get better, they still can't beat the Marlins down there. Well, they have decided, in my mind, they've turned a corner as a team decided. They're not messing around anymore. And just like a lot of people predicted that this would be the year when the Phillies finally break their slump of not making the postseason, uh, second longest in the MLB, you know, just like people had thought that this could be the year they get out of that, I think this could be the pivotal moment that we just saw where the Phillies get rid of this narrative that they can't win in Miami. They go down and take care of business. I'll get into the details in a little bit. Mm. But I think that's more than just a three game three games worth of results. I think it's I think it's mental for them. I think it's emotional for them. And I think it speaks to a bigger monkey that they may shake off their back in these next 70 games. Oh man, I'm ready to run through a wall. Should be. So just to hit on it, I mean, the Phillies went down to Miami and swept. I'm not going to wait for the next segment to tell you that, Andrew. I like that. It was the series before the all-star break. So last three games before their break, you, you wonder, you wonder, are they going to maybe be a little unfocused or looking forward to their vacations they might have planned and whatnot? didn't seem that they did because they went down there and swept. The run differential was 16-1 to one in the three games. Oh, yep. Phil's pitched 24 straight scoreless innings. Uh, they beat the Marlins during an Alcantara start. Sandy and Cheeks. That's right. And they, <laughs> the Marlins were without their all-star jazz chism, but they <laughs> does not mean that they were without all of their all-stars. They had... The illustrious Garrett Cooper, my favorite player in baseball. (laughs) Uh, And he really showed that he belonged on that all-star lineup. Uh, He went 0 for 12 in the series and struck out seven times. So well-earned, well-deserved nod for the all-star game for him. I'm glad he got it over Zach Wheeler because Wheeler is definitely like kind of a flash-in-the-pan guy who hasn't proven success over seasons uh, or anything like that. His war is probably terrible, most likely. And Cooper is <laughs> just that guy finally getting the nod. You know, you've seen him what he does. His resume on the field, he argues with umpires more often than anybody else does. These little micro arguments he does. Boy, <laughs> oh boy, I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm glad that he got an all star nod. And uh, he was rewarded by the Phillies pitching to for a little seven strikeout weekend. Yeah, he positively soiled his drawers in that series, and that was a real treat because what a what a wet fart he was in terms of being on the All Star team. So, man, that did feel good. Well, Mitch, microaggressions by the umpire call for micro arguments by the players. <laughs> fire with fire, I guess. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll stop. Gord, what do you got? My big reveal tonight harkens back to a simpler time. <laughs> when we would ga- all gather around the radio to listen to our stories together. <laughs> right, you boomer? That's right. That's right. So just after that radio, uh, do you guys remember Fruit Stripe Gum? Yeah, I think so. It was, like, it was like a little bit bigger than a typical piece of gum and it had layer of fruit is that is yeah that what i'm thinking yeah yeah it had the zebra with the colorful stripes this is my yeah. big reveal 
It, okay. Oh man, it was so like the marketing for this bright colors, so cool. You wanted this, like it was like the you saw it at a CVS or wherever you were. You wanted this gum, but the thing about Fruit Strike gum is that you'd pop one of those bad boys in there, and then no less than twelve seconds later, it was automatically unequivocally the worst piece of gum you've ever chewed 12 seconds after you put it in your mouth the flavor was all gone it felt like it was already chewed out and done and then it was it was pathetic and that's my big reveal for the all-star break for kyle schwarber uh and i don't blame schwarber for this he had as baseball standards go an average an average kind of performance right home run derby and the game itself you know whatever it wasn't very very exciting on his part but the phillies we cranked him all the way up we were we were marketing kyle we had him at every story every instagram post we were following him all over the place it looked awesome i was like oh man i'm pumped for this guy and then about 12 seconds into his all-star experience i was just like yep um, we're done here. This is not living up to the hype. And I felt bad about it. So it doesn't really speak. It's nice that this speaks to the all-star break. And, and Mitch, you covered the actual set of meaningful baseball games before that happened with the Marlins, uh, who we love a lot. So that's mine. It's, it's Fruit Stripe Gum. Again, another kind of a, a hearkening back to a different time. But that's what that uh, the all-star game experience with our, our good friend Uncle Kyle Schwarber reminded me of. I assume you're talking about um, his time spent in the home run derby and not the actual game itself. I mean, both could technically be true. He was 0 for 2 with a K in the game, I believe, is that one as well. But yeah, it was largely informed by the home run derby. It just felt like it was, you know, we're pumped. He's in here. He's going to do the, he's got the second most home runs in the MLB. And he gets in there and he 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 bows out to uh, to Pujols there early on, which there's some controversy there. Maybe we get into that in a little bit. But uh, I don't know. To me, I was just a little disappointed. It's all right though. It doesn't count. It counts for nothing. It doesn't make a difference. You know, you know what though? And they mentioned this. I I forget who was doing the uh, commentary during the All Star game, but they mentioned this, and I think this kind of goes to possibly what you're saying. The, the announcers who one of them was a former player and I should know who they were, but I don't remember uh, was saying that when you're the team's lone representative at the all-star week, it's different. You're kind of on your own. You don't, unless you have former teammates, you don't really know the other guys too much and you don't have that. You don't necessarily have that one person to hang with. Um, and since Bryce wasn't able to participate uh, even though he was selected for the All Star game, that made that you know that made Schwarber kind of on an island. And the the announcer was saying that you know when the the years when you're in the All Star game with some of your teammates, it's it's a totally different experience because you're still getting to you know chum it up with these players who you don't get to see every day, but you still have your guys there with you. And I wonder if we as fans would have enjoyed it more if it was more than just Kyle there because. You know, maybe the content wouldn't have been so one-dimensional, like you said, and and maybe we wouldn't have such a letdown when he was bounced from the derby or whatever it is. And and of course, it's it's great to see Phillies represented at any number, but uh, I, I wonder how much different it would have been if Bryce could have been there too. I think it's a really solid point. I had, I'd never considered that. I think it's uh, interesting to think about. I also just think that the MLB from and this is goes beyond now just the Phillies. It goes to the entire MLB and all the individual organizations. Like the overall hype around the All Star Game is is solid. It's it's like a six or a seven out of ten for me. It's good, but like All Star Weekend for NBA is just like you care about the the dudes that are getting together. It's just got more energy, and you care about the personalities. And maybe it's because baseball has bigger rosters or whatever it is. I can't quite figure it out, but like. I'm just less invested. The home run derby is as it, it's solid. It was good. Again, very good, but not great. Not like must see TV. Um, yeah, and even with Soto winning, like it just points to the format for me. Like, how do we have Jay like J Rod? What he did, hit that many home runs and come in second to, to Soto. It just I know it's been you know hashed out many time, time and again. But like, 
I, I don't know. I think they could do better. There's a lot of money there. They could do better than what they do. I tend to agree. I think I, I was invested, but um, I think there's definitely room for more. I agree with you on the Julio Rodriguez thing, but has there been a format that this that they've used that this wouldn't have happened? Valid. No, I. You always yeah, have to I, do it in the final, no matter what you've done before that. And and this is where, and I, this is getting way too into like the strategy or whatever, the game theory of the derby. But Soto was a higher seed, so he was hitting second in his rounds, and he was stopping immediately after he beat his opponent, and not trying to rack up as many as possible, only getting what he needed. Rodriguez was on the other side of that. You know, putting up way more than he needed because he didn't know what his opponent was going to get. So, I don't don't know. You can't, no one's going to change any type of play based on the seedings of the Derby, but I think that played into it a lot when it got to the finals. Yeah. No doubt. It was a good time. I would like to see more, like, just little fun stuff. Um, I feel like the celebrity game at the NBA is more well marketed and a bigger draw than the celebrity softball game i didn't know the celebrity softball game was happening until i saw like some random thing after it happened um i don't know i yeah i agree i just think there's like room to do more stuff um that could be really cool yeah definitely till next year right till next year uh there have there were only five games and technically only three games that the Phillies played since we last <laughs> recorded, uh, and that is because the two game series against the Blue Jays, the Phillies got swept, and therefore, as you know, if you've been listening to us, that series does not count. Uh, no more to say on that. They lost both. Then uh, it was the Marlins series that I already hit on. So they went three and two in the span, three and zero in the division. They re- they reached the break at forty nine and forty three, six games up above five hundred. Uh, division record is sitting at eighteen and nineteen. Phils um, are still third in the NL East, uh, a whole eight and a half games back. Uh, not good, but as we mentioned, you know the hunt is really for that wild card spot, and as of now, they're tied for the final spot with the Cardinals. So it's going to be a battle. There's there's no way around it. And it's just tough division, man. I mean. Um, we've said it before, but it, it's tough that you basically have to, you know, barring something crazy that's happening ahead of you, you basically have to cross off the um, division and just run after wild card spot, which is more stressful. It is, and it's relentless. Uh, we might have talked about this last year when you're. When you're going for the wild card, you're not playing. You're not competing with one specific team. You're competing with the best of a group of five or so teams. You know, whoever wins in a given night is your opponent, not necessarily the team that you thought was your opponent coming into the day. Uh, it's a simple. It's like a simple take, but it's something you don't really realize um, that it's not that straightforward. So you really, you really have to win. It's just Captain Obvious, but you have to win as many games as you can. It's not going to be an easy path. The thing that gives me a lot of pause is uh, one of the big uh, Phillies adjacent, but certainly MLB headlines that came out over the All-Star break was that Soto turned down the 1,000-year, $400 million deal from the Nats, and uh, they're going to seek to trade him. And there was, uh, I forget who it was today, it was Heyman or whoever it was, somebody put out kind of a six or seven team list of people who are interested in, in landing Soto. And I at least five of them are uh, other NL teams. And one was the Mets in division. One was the Cardinals right there with us in the wild card. Another was the Padres. Another was the Giants. Um uh, amongst some of those other big spenders as well, like the Dodgers and things like that. You know, it just, it didn't make me feel good being the only team. Now, I'm not saying we should be on that list to trade for Soto, but there are four or five other teams in that wild card mix who are looking to add a really, really big piece for this stretch run here. That that gives me a lot of pause. 
gives me a lot of pause. Uh, I, did, I did not like to see all those teams on there. I'd much rather see somebody like the Mariners land him or something like that uh, and get him as far away from here as possible. Let me go Let me go big brain here, and this is still filmy and relevant. If the Astros can keep beating the Yankees head-to-head, that might be our best way to ensure that Soto doesn't end up in the National League because the Yankees have obviously been crushing everyone, and the Astros are the only team to me that, I, that I've noticed putting up a true fight, and you know it seems inevitable that they're going to meet again in October. Uh, so the more worried the Yankees get, maybe they, maybe they'll uh, take the shot and get Soto out of the NL. Judge must have given a uh, pregame speech to like, hey, let's pull it back a notch um, today because if we sweep this, Cashman is going to have no reason to trade for Soto. And uh, so why don't we just dial it back and see if we can't get a career 430 on base percentage in this lineup. It's like the the epilogue. Yeah, cool. There There was a headline that was like, Juan Soto is the modern day Ted Williams. You don't <laughs> trade Ted Williams. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, you don't. I don't. Nationals are. I mean, it's clear what's going on now. They're. I think they're only really entertaining trading him because he's not going to sign with them. So, of course, you're going to try to trade him. But they really messed that one up. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I don't know. They offered him like three crazy deals, and he turned them all down. Right, but are, are you saying trading away he, the other stuff to the point where now he doesn't trust that they're going to? They did something because they gave he's the only thing they've been in his for his career, and he gave them and they gave him a World Series ring, and now look what it's gone to at this point, not even three years later. So I see what you're saying. So the in my view, the Nationals did something. Uh, yep. And it's not; a, it doesn't appear to be about the money for Soto because that you know, I don't think he's going to get considerably more. Would he? I don't, I don't know. You I don't, can't I, like. Yeah, that's just reaching the cap of what's. So he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there, and I, all I can think of is he. They've scorned him in some way that we don't know about. That's more private, or he's just hasn't liked the lack of urgency or lack of direction that they have had in team building. Uh, and he's just done with it. He wants to get another ring, I guess. I don't know. Like an anti-Chris Bryant kind of attitude right now. <laughs> what if it was like a Seinfeldian language barrier? Like one instance <laughs> where he asked them for like tickets for somebody and they thought he was asking for something else. So they said no. And then it just all devolved from there. <laughs> That would, oh man, the story on that, or the 30 for 30 would be, that would, they would get, probably get uh, ridiculed like the uh, Mets do for the Bobby Bonilla thing. It's the opposite who, who of the Freddie who, Freeman yeah, agent. You got it, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right, the, the Freeman story. Right, where his agent is clearly in the wrong and like, uh, you know, it's this kind of like, Tugs the heartstrings like, oh, Freeman wanted to be with the Braves, but instead the Nats have just fumbled the bag on the most simple of things, and now the Ted Williams, the modern day Ted Williams, is going to walk out the door. <laughs> like, I hope it's that you know what was George, the traveling assistant to the traveling secretary. Like, I hope that person <laughs> said some, you know, idiom to Juan Soto, something like, you know, it was as easy as shooting fish in a barrel. And that's like some incredible, it sounds like some incredibly offensive phrase. And Juan Soto's like, that's it. I'm out of here. I need that. I need uh, Jeff Passan to bring that forward. I need him to bring that story to light here. Uh, so that way the trade, uh, the trade talks spice up. And hopefully, me, Andrew, in your case, for the Yanks. Let me hit a segue here, guys, and and stay with me. This is going to be like a triple multiplier combo segue. Speaking of the <laughs> Phillies, speaking of the Phillies, speaking of Soto, speaking of the Mets, let me bring you guys a quote I saw today from none other than Jonathan Papelbon. Oh, my God. Okay. Je- yes, this is 2022, and we're talking about Jonathan Papelbon. Uh, he says in a tweet, he says today, 
Soto wants to go to the Mets, says Boris. This is Papelbon saying Boris says that Soto wants to go to the Mets. He continues, now watch their petty GM not let it happen simply because that's where he wants to go. Meaning watch the Nationals GM not participate because he knows that's what Soto wants. Uh, Papelbon goes on, if he does go to the Mets, you can wrap up the World Series in blue and orange, guaranteed. Tell me about, that's the end of the quote. Tell me what kind of mindset it takes to play for the Phillies, the Red Sox, the Nationals, and whoever else he garbage time played for, and still cape for the Mets in 2022 <laughs> to land Soto and win the World Series. What kind of mental illness is that? The same <laughs> one that chokes out Bryce Harper in the dugout. Yeah, he's and Papelbon was in the news even before today for other comments he made. And being a Phillies podcast, I feel we have to cover them. Uh, I I don't know how to do it except for to just read the quotes verbatim. Gord, you want to switch off on it? (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. I think yeah, as long as we have like the disclaimer here, like they put like the explicit tag on albums uh, when there's too many (laughs) swears. This has a different kind of tag. This is detached from reality tag. Uh, and this is not safe for children to read or listen to uh, because it's so stupid. But, um, yeah, I'll take the first one. Is that all right? I'll take this. Yeah, all right. I'm going to take a couple big breaths here. Well, no, let this, me say first, th- he was interviewed by a gambling website. So this isn't like uh, the top tier MLB media here. It's a, I don't know what type of publication this gambling site puts out, but it was it was Betway was the uh, was the interviewer. Ah uh, yes, Betway always my place for baseball news. Um, so this is on leadership as it pertains to the Phillies and his former teammates. Papabon says, "quote Their pitching is okay, their bullpen is okay, but in order to be a good team and have a good postseason run, you have to have leadership. I don't think the Phillies have any of that. It's always been kind of chaotic in Philadelphia with the fans, with the players, with the front office. It's like a shit show. Can I say that? Can I say that? Can I say shit show? It's like a shit show there. And for me, I see the shit show continuing. I mean, they fired their manager, what, two months into the season? As long as that stuff happens, Philadelphia will never win again. <laughs> Philadelphia <laughs> Philadelphia will never get back to the playoffs. <laughs> when they brought in me, Cliff Lee, and Roy Halladay, to, okay, hold on, do not freaking <laughs> equivocate yourself. Everybody started getting hurt, and the shit show began after that, I believe. It's been nothing but downhill for the Phillies since then, and there hasn't been anything even close to resembling a postseason team. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're so, so far beyond the pale. There's so much in here. He says Philadelphia will never get back to the playoffs. I don't know what he means, but he doesn't mean what he said he means. So, And, uh, man, if he does believe that and he's talking to Betway, he should put some money down on that because the odds have to be very low that yeah. the Phillies don't get back to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, Okay, Ever. Grandpa, time, time for you to go to bed, okay? Let's get you in bed, Grandpa. No problem. It's so bad. Uh, he he went on to have more comments. Uh, he talked about Bryce Harper, who, as you mentioned, he has a little bit of history with uh, the incident in the Nationals dugout where hands were around the neck and whatnot. Uh, Papelbon says, I don't necessarily see him being a huge leader of the team because he was never really a leader when I played with him. He kind of went out, went about his own business and was more of a me guy or an I guy and wasn't really into what was happening in the clubhouse and didn't have that pull for the team. Now, now, I've said some benign version of this before on this podcast. And I think it's true in terms of Bryce being an outspoken leader in the clubhouse. I don't think that's what he wants his role to be. It's not what he does day to day. 
but he does have a pulse and he does i think when when the rubber hits the road i think he knows when he needs to be that guy in a small batch and i think it goes far because of that and beside that his most important leadership trait i think is that quiet consistency obviously he's a monster so he sets an example off the bat with that but i think that's his leadership style it's not the rally around call a players only meeting speak speak to the media about leadership type stuff it's not it's not what we've seen so i can't i can't think that's what he is but there's no doubt that he has pull and there's no doubt that guys look up to him and that he makes his teammates better not just because he protects them in the lineup but there's just no doubt this is just pointless for Babel Bond to say yeah i mean i don't know from from the outside the feel of what he's saying is kind of what i see that you know he's not he doesn't have a huge personality and he just kind of goes about his business and as a young player you know his what he's talking about is when bryce was a younger player probably his they probably overlapped in like bryce's fourth or fifth season on the nationals in the league something like that it was his mvp or so 15 okay but once you get the contract that he got regardless of if you come in and earn the leadership the team is going to look to you and regardless of if that's vocal it can be through your consistent performance and so that's what i see on the phillies team is he's clearly a leader i'm sure there's a vocal aspect to it but he's the heartbeat of the team like they go as bryce goes and i yeah that exactly and i think that a lot of the antics that we saw when he was when Bryce was with the Nationals, I think early on he didn't know that that was okay to just be that. And when I say just be that, he's one of the best hitters in the history of the game. I don't mean like on field just be that, but I think he didn't necessarily know on a sometimes struggling Nationals team that, that he could just be who he is and lead in his own way. And that's why you saw some of the like out there comments. It doesn't seem to match with his personality now. I don't know if he's just – I don't think he's just calmed down. I think he was more out of character then uh, than he has changed now. But that's my take. I am not going to put myself on par with Betway and perpetuate <laughs> any more talk of Jonathan Papelbon and the zeitgeist. I won't tolerate it, and I'd like to move on from this clown. Cheers. I'll allow it. So I guess, you know, we're looking at what's the path, path forward for the Phillies. We said 70 games left, so less than halfway or less than half the season left. Uh, it's it's the wild card or bust at this point and then hope you get hot in the playoffs. Uh, Segura, Bryce should be coming back maybe late August. We don't really know quite yet. We'll know more and we'll update as we know, but... Uh, we'll see about Eflin's knee, Andrew. Eflin's been having more knee issues, which has been a consistent thing for him in his career. So there's kind of your holes. Uh, defense, one probably one starting pitching slot. We know about the bullpen. Uh, and then, you know, Bryce and Segura, those are the holes on the team that we hope can be filled at the trade deadline. Um <laughs> I there it's been quiet. I think a lot of that is due to All Star break. People are focused on other things and kind of calm before the storm here. So I think it's really going to heat up, and we'll have a lot more to talk about in the next episode. But um, in in place of that, I wanted to share uh, another quote. It's a big quote night tonight for us. Uh, share another quote. This one's from Schwarber, great guy, as you guys know. Uh, but here's what he had to say on the trade deadline for the Phillies. Every year, you look at what Dave Dombrowski does. Dave likes to win. I know the ownership wants us to win. You see what they did this offseason. We're putting ourselves in a position to make the playoffs and have a strong second-half push. Whatever the trade deadline brings, it brings. If we're going to stick with the group that we have, we're more than confident in that. So here's Schwarber saying, I think when he says, if we stick with the group we have now, we're confident. I think he says that knowing that's not going to be the case. You don't spend the money you spent and then have the injuries you have and make no moves. I don't see the Phillies throwing in the towel, and I don't think he does either. But you say the right things when someone interviews you, you know. 
Consummate professional. Right. Um, he, he went on to say, and this is, you, you know, I love this. He says, I think everybody kind of overlooks the young guys and what they've been doing on our team. You see a lot of new faces coming up. Bryson Stott, Matt Vierling, Derek Hall, Yairo Munoz. These are guys, guys that are coming up in big key spots. You see the way the bullpen has been throwing the baseball in the last month and a half. It's been lights out. Obviously, our starting rotation has been nails all year. If we add, I think that's the cherry on top. But we're still going to feel good with the group that we have. So I love the energy. I love it. I like when people don't shorten it to you see the way the bullpen has been throwing the baseball. It's not just the ball. They're throwing the baseball. There's something <laughs> about that that really resonates with me. That's a real ball player. That whole thing. Just type that in the sky uh, above Citizens Bank Park. That's, that is excellent. I love that. And shout out to the young guys because that also, they read that. You know, whether they say they read it or not, oh, yeah. they do. I love that stuff. You 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 have national media interviewing the National League home run leader, home run derby participant on, pos, I don't know what, what outlet this was, but possibly was, on national TV. Bet, and, was it Betway? <laughs> no, Betway didn't get a ticket to the All-Star <laughs> festivities. Uh but, but you know, he's on that stage being interviewed, and he talks about Yairo Munoz, who has maybe like 30, at, 30 40 at-bats on the year. I mean, that's leadership right there. Agreed. I Agreed. mean, imagine that. I'm Like, I, I put myself in those shoes. You wake up and you see that quote, man. That's, I don't know, that's something else. This is the perfect bookend of those previous quotes we read. No, I'm I'm feeling great now. I'm in a much better place. Thank you. I didn't realize you're gonna bookend with this. I'm 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 at peace now. Yeah. The perfect the- time then to measure your preseason predictive skills because it's time for a preseason prop bet update. And uh ah. to see who's who's coming out on top thus far. It's Last- a pick measuring contest. <laughs> last season um the prop bets were very close all the way to the finish i felt very proud of the props that i picked because they really could have gone either way most i give you props on that my guy thank you nice this year not so much um still interesting but most of them we have a pretty good idea of which which side they're going to land on the first one was Alec Bohm games at third base. The line was at 98 games. Either you guys want to guess what the uh, what the actual is sitting at right now. 89. Uh, I was I, so the Phillies have played played what 92, 92 games. Yeah. So. I got to go something lower, like like eighty three. Seventy six yeah. games, seventy four games started. He's on pace for one hundred and thirty three games at third base. All right. He, by the way, as way of as way of an update, whatever that phrase is, Bohm's back. The dislocated finger has been popped back in, and he has already been back on the diamond. So that's good news for anyone who took the over. Which was Gord. Mitch took the under on that one, so uh, we're we're leaning a hit for Gord there. Second one was Schwarber home runs. <laughs> Do you guys remember mm-hmm. what the line was at? <laughs> like th- it was at like thirty four. Thirty one and a half was the line. Ooh. He's currently at twenty nine and on pace for fifty one home runs. <laughs> oh. You both hit the over. Well done. Oh yeah, baby. Next one's not great. Castellanos OPS. The line was at 871. Now, I'm going to caveat this by saying that OPS around the league is still down overall. I want to say that the average OPS this season is in the low 700s. might be like 710 is league average OPS. When in a previous year, 760 might have been league average. So everything's down. The line was at 871. He's currently sitting at 673. So below league average OPS... Um, he's not hitting for average. I think he's only around 250, and he's definitely not hitting for power. 
not great news there. No, I, 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 I'm not worried long term as what's like an easy answer. I'm not worried long term, but I will say I really do feel like he's got something to thank for us this year. To me, Schwarber's comments about the team being okay if we do nothing would demand an opposite second-half performance from Castellanos in order for it to even be close to coming to fruition of them competing. Um, If Castellanos stays at this same level, as Andrew just kind of mentioned, I think without us making an addition, that spells trouble for us. So, yeah, it's it's. I, I assume we both took the over there. Mitch took the under. Oh, great. Well, I said Cincinnati Hitters Park, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Citizens Bank Park, notorious huge ballpark. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that he doesn't go absolute nut job for like a two-week stretch at some point. You got to pencil him in for one of those. Uh, yeah, Margie, pencil me in for an absolute <laughs> nut job this week. Thanks. Fired immediately. <laughs> Nola strikeouts per nine. As discouraging as the Castellanos one was, this is on the opposite end of the spectrum. The line for this was at 1.09. Uh, what was his Cy Young vote getting year? 17? 18. 18. This is easily his best year across the board. Stats wise, since 18. The line was at 109. He's currently sitting at 0.9. So he's under one, which is the best strikeout. I'm sorry, home runs per nine. I said strikeouts per nine. We're talking about home runs per nine. And uh, this is his lowest home runs per nine since 18. You guys both went over on the 1.09. And he's currently sitting under one. Yeah, that was a win win because either we win the bet or. Noel is going off. Hedged, baby. Successful hedge. Mm. Uh, two more. The next one is uh, whoever will lead in saves for the Phillies, will they have more or less than 16 and a half saves? Um, Kniebel is the current leader with 12 saves. The next highest has four. But what's interesting about this is, is he still closing games? He, no. Is he going to get five more save opportunities? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. He was like dropped from closer to like long relief almost. And then he's kind of been working his way back up the leverage chart a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't have the numbers, so I'm not sure if he's earned, like been earning that or has been stepping up to the plate, uh, so to speak, with that. But I don't know. Like, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he can perform perform himself back into the closer role with the way that Sir Anthony's pitching. And I'm absolutely not gonna root for an injury for Sir Anthony, but I I could still see it hitting uh, at over 16. But it probably wouldn't be good overall news for the Phillies. I see. Listeners, if you would like to support our Fill Me In Patreon for nine ninety nine a month, we can hire a numbers guy to crunch those Knable numbers live on the air uh, next season. So again, just find our Patreon that doesn't exist and support our monthly nine ninety nine fee. We can get a numbers guy. Uh, I need that. I need the numbers guy for that Knable because you're right, Mitch. He is getting those higher, slightly higher leverage situations. I'd love to know the background of that on the organizational side of just like, okay, he's going to be in the most garbage time spots, get him, you know, some, some confidence. What is, is that just Thompson feel it out? You think, or is there data behind that? We're like, okay, now we can put him in when there's X amount of outs or when he's got at least, you know, the right type of, uh, of, you know, handed bats coming up in the lineup or something like that. I, I can't figure out how that science works for them. But I am intrigued. I don't think he gets the number that we need to get to that 16-plus saves. That's an interesting point. There's so many so many factors that go into who comes out of the bullpen and what situations um, in, in real baseball. Um, I I'd like to think him being like a long like a veteran, he wouldn't need those like 
almost like pandering innings of like put him in during a blowout and let him get a one two three inning. Like he, I don't, I don't think low enough of him that he would like need that. But still, there's no doubt if you're struggling and then you see a few successful innings like that, that can only help. So it could be that uh, it could be just like what arms we have and what spots we've been in. But it definitely seems like he's creeping up back up a little bit. And if he's earning it, then I'm fine with it. He has not necessitated a DFA. And I've actually liked how he's carried himself and any of the interviews he's done in that kind of time when he was removed from the role, saying the right things. And the tone was good and it wasn't like victimized and it also wasn't defeatist either. Um, He kind of seemed almost confident, but not overconfident and knew that he could climb back in this way. Uh, I kind of like that going forward. And it's, it it speaks to some of that continued success of the bullpen of late here for us. The final prop uh, uh, babies born to Phillies players this season. Mm. The line was at 2.5. You both said under a quick Google search of 2022 Phillies paternity leaves yielded. Uh, do, do either of you guys know what it's sitting at right now? No. I know there's at least one. I do not know of a second. There are two. Wheeler <laughs> and Castellanos both had uh, babies this year so far. So we're sitting at two. We just need one more to, to make an appearance on Earth for you guys to lose <laughs> that bet. You know, I was thinking, like, there's no way that they could keep up at the pace they were at last year. But then I'm thinking, you know, on the whole, the cross-section of who, who are professional baseball players, they're probably having a lot of kids. Like, I mean. Dude. They're in prime baby-making Right, it's the age. age. Well, yeah, I'm not going to leave it at that. But age, financially, they can handle it. Uh, you know, so I guess it's, you know, uh, considering the population, they're very likely to have babies. The fertile Delphia Phillies. <laughs> Wow. Now that's an episode title right there. Uh, if we not. had enough money to hire a numbers guy, we could also get him hunting down like Philly's girlfriends and wives' Instagrams to see if you know anyone's pregnant or what the situation is. I don't have time uh, to look that uh, up, but according to the circadian rhythms of all of the girlfriends I looked up, I think we'll have at least two more babies born this year. <laughs> That content for only nine ninety nine a month? I mean, that's a steal. Well, with the number of our listeners that we have, it's, it makes sense. <laughs> uh, pretty split so far. I didn't keep track of who's winning and losing. I think you both have your fair share. But we'll, uh, we'll check back in near the end of the season and see where we're at. Love it. That's great. Wow, this has been a fun one. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's look ahead. Three games at home versus the Cubs. That starts Friday night. Now, quick point I want to make here to all you uh, cord cutters. The Friday night... (laughs) (laughs) Boomers, listen up. Yes, sir. Uh, Friday night's game versus the Cubs is exclusively on Apple TV. Now, I just learned because I was... No, listen, I was really mad, okay, because I don't have Apple TV because you guys don't support our Patreon. (laughs) But I found out you don't actually need a subscription. You just need an Apple ID account. So uh, if you have an iPhone, I think you have to have an Apple ID. So, I mean, right there you could watch. Uh, I, I don't even – I think you can just create an Apple ID anytime you want without an iPhone anyway. Uh, so I think you could still watch the game if you're dedicated enough. Probably have to watch it on a computer. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Not true. Not true. Okay. Don't have to watch it on a computer. I was about to say tech hacks with MIDI, but not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. I think I've As long as you're running Windows XP, you'll be able to pick this one up. Uh, Drat, I only have 99. Uh, Anyway, enough of that. Three at home versus the Cubs. Then three at home versus the Braves. Then heading out to Pittsburgh uh, for a four-game set to close out the month. That's what's coming up. Hot take alert. Hot take alert. We're going undefeated in that stretch. What? (laughs) Let's freaking go, man. Ten in a row. 
Uh, I'm just go ahead and say it. I don't, it's not probable to be clear, but that's the nature of a hot take, isn't it? I think we take every last one of those. That would make it 13 in a row uh, with the break in between there, but uh, I can't match that energy. It's really difficult to sweep a four-game series. I know. That's, I'm aware. That's a tough ask. We, but it's not a, it's it. not a two-game series, so we have a chance. <laughs> we've we've had a very interesting four-game sweep already this year. Really? <laughs> I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've had one of those. Um, Natty Ice. And I don't know. I just, I see more like, ah, man, so what is this? I can't even do the math right now. It's 10 games here. Yes, correct. <laughs> give me, give me seven. Okay. Give me, give me two or three from the Cubs. Uh, realistically one on the Braves. And then I, I got to have, I got to have three in Pittsburgh, man. They're not bad this year. They're scrapping a little bit, but I got to have three out there. Too bad we don't get to see O'Neill Cruz at the uh, the bank. We have to go out to them. Bummer. That guy's electric. As always, thanks to everyone for listening. You can subscribe to Fill Me In wherever you get your podcasts, all of our past and future episodes, links to our social media account, and our merch store can be found at our website, fillmeinpod.com that is p-h-i-l me in pod.com so for myself for mitch and for andrew this has been fill me in we're out of here, out of here.